Welcome to Politics and Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Harris County, Texas is one of the bellwether counties in the country. Over the last several election cycles, it has lived up to its expectations. Even in last year's difficult election cycle, where obstacles uh, from the state were in full vogue, the county proved that, in fact, the path to a blue Texas has its genesis in Harris County. The Harris County Democratic Party leadership has changed. A few weeks ago, the precinct chairs elected a new chair. The county is blessed with scores of competent candidates who entered the race. A large majority of the precinct chairs elected Mike Doyle on the first ballot. Chairman Mike Doyle has hit the pavement running. He said that the key to the Harris County Democratic Party's success is to view voter protection, education, and engagement as a year-round activity, not something that we think about only at election time. I couldn't agree more. He has seven points, a seven-point plan that he'll discuss. And you know what? Chairman Mike Doyle sits down in the studio with us today to discuss where he's taken the party. Chairman Doyle, thank you so kindly for being a part of Politics Done Right. Uh, thank you, and thanks for doing this show to get the word out to all the folks in Harris County that care about these issues, whether the observer or what we're going to do to build our party in Harris County even stronger, ready for 2024. It's really important. Well, look, thank you for being here. And I, I must say this, being a, a uh, public station, remember the chairman of the Republican Party, you can always come and sit here in, uh, in this room at Politics Done Right as well. But anyway, Chairman, um, I, I, the first time I met you, I said, where are you taking the party? So I'm going to do it again. Where are you taking the party? Uh, where we're all headed together is to where, you know, having been a, a, a Democrat, lifelong Democrat and lived in Harris County most of my life and all my professional life, we need to be not just the bellwether, but the cornerstone, because as was done by the Republicans starting in 92 and 88 and then 94, once they turned Harris County completely red, it, it changed Texas and it changed our country. And we're at the point now where it's it's we're beyond ready, we're beyond where we need to be, so that Harris County, if we get out 1.1 million voters, Democrats, uh, in 2024, which we're fully capable when we're ready, walking the streets, getting our folks out, what that means is we will never have another elected statewide uh, Texas governor who's a Republican, and we will never have, in my lifetime, a Republican president, just because we're that important here. And it's not something that, that can't or shouldn't be achievable. It's something that we're going to be ready for starting right now. Now, when people hear many talk that manner, they would say things like, that sounds so partisan. But what I, what I like to point out is that values matter. Values matter, and what a party represents matter. What does a Democratic Party in Texas represent that we are not seeing within the Republican Party at this point in time? Well, if you want to talk about the, the Democratic brand... Here's, here's what I think it stands for, and, and it's an easy sell. It's an easy sell to really uh, a majority of the folks in the state because I think that at the bottom, our values are the values that Texas working families need, and it's, it's, it's important stuff, what I call the bread and butter stuff. You know, I come from a union family, minimum wage, Medicare for all, actually taking care to make sure that people that work hard can support their families, don't die of cancer because they don't have medical insurance. Those are democratic values. And when you add 
what I call that we care about people. It's a party of compassion. You know, we're not targeting folks for their sexual sexuality, their gender, their immigration status. We're, we're basically welcoming everybody who's going to work hard, work for their family to be part of this great state. Those are, I truly believe, the values of Texas, and it's just a matter of Texans who embrace those values, and I think the vast majority do, because right now we have a state where the extreme, radical, you know, hate-filled bills, legislation, policies have just been promulgated again and again. And so making sure that folks realize it's doable because we really are the ones that speak to the values that for the vast majority of Texans matter and not just in Harris County. I think it is so important that Democrats are able to articulate you as a chairman what these values mean because ironically uh, when one speaks about if you if you were to take a party line completely off the the, na the values that you speak about and you ask every Texan what is it that they want what would they like government to do for them or what would they like to be participant in government about you will find that the same issues that you spoke about the vast majority of Texans irrespective of party affiliation that is what they would stand for I find Often, that is because we are unable to communicate in that manner as you just did and, and, and that you'll do further, is that uh, it, it gives people the impression, it allows people to caricature the things that you stand for, your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that, that we've done a poor job of letting the Republicans describe what a liberal is or a Democrat is or a progressive. Uh, I know what I am. I'm, I'm, I'm from a working class family that, that you know, first one family to college. I, I would not be where I was if education was not prioritized, if education was not affordable, if I couldn't get through school and then on to law school without a massive debt burden. Those are things I know were provided by democratic policies. And when you talk about what matters to people who are trying to put their kids through school, to, to avoid what's going to happen, at least we're headed towards, unless we stop it, and we ought to, uh, the privatization of, of schools here in Harris County, which is really the ultimate goal of this TA takeover, uh, that's what people care about. And when they start taking away your schools, when they start taking away your opportunities, that's what matters. And I think that from from our perspective as a, as a as a Democrat, people do agree with that. There's there's not too many folks that think you really need to just you know hate filled politics and target uh, all kinds of different groups just because they're not exactly like you. That's not our state. That's not our county. That's not what I was raised in. You know, Mike, I think uh, people, your base, uh, one, one should want to know what their chair represents. So I, I probably should have asked you this up front. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you came from? Because I, I think it's, it's amazing that when folks have lived through certain things, it gives them the ability to have that necessary empathy for a for a different type of leadership. Um, okay, yeah, I mean, so, I, I mean, by profession, I'm a trial lawyer, and what that means is I've spent my entire career fighting what I like to call the, the corporate godfathers of the Republican Party, the, 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 the insurance companies, the big polluters, oftentimes military contractors where I'm standing up for veterans and their families, uh, and, and that's what I've spent my whole career doing. I've, I've spent time uh, on environmental cases, uh, was involved in the very first prosecution in Harris County of corporate executives for environmental crimes. Those are the things that have kind of guided what I've been doing. And, and I've been fortunate and blessed as a trial lawyer 
to be able to kind of fight, fight the fights that we need to fight and that I want to fight for the right reasons. And my background is, you know, my, when my dad got in the Army, we settled out in Missouri City. I was raised out there. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get a work-study scholarship to the Jesuit High School here in town. First of my family to go to college, um, went on to law school, which, which I tell people it's, it, it seemed very natural to me. But the reason I ended up being a trial lawyer was because one of my aunts was a, uh, uh, a teacher's aide. And we used to, uh, my mom's actually from, of all places, Mexico, Maine. So, mi madre is de Mexico. Oh, de veras. Uh, verdad. <laughs> okay. Me habla español, pero no es mi madre. But anyway, she's from I Mexico, Maine. Yeah. <laughs> so, we used to go up there and we would spend, you know, a couple weeks. Not surprisingly, my mom would take uh, my brothers and I and our dog and spend a couple weeks up in Maine, uh, usually in July after uh, sports ended. And my aunt would, would spend a lot of time with us and we would, you know, having three brothers, we'd get into it. So she would make us actually do mock trials, and she had a robe she wore. And so at age nine, I knew I wanted to do exactly what I've been blessed to be able to do for the last couple decades and be a trial lawyer. And knowing that what I was able to kind of grow up through, the state I was in where education was affordable, where I could come out of school without massive debt loads. And, and I've seen it, you know, in my law firm, uh, we have lawyers that are coming out with hundreds of thousands right. of dollars of student debt. And that just, that's so crushing, not, not, not just on a financial level, but it, it takes away a lot of potential opportunities. And I could not be where I was and fought the battles I fought without the blessings of folks that, you know, 50 years ago said that we, we can't make education and higher education unaffordable to working families. And so that's kind of where I came from, and that's kind of what has shaped me to what I am now and, and why I decided to step forward to be chair. I want to go a little bit off subject, a little bit because of something you just said uh, with education, et cetera. Um, the Texas legislature is working with a $33 billion surplus. Uh, 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 some monies that could be put into a fund that made sure we could shore up education. We could decide, instead of throwing that money out, we could decide to do something to fix our educational system. The reason that TEA wouldn't have to take over Houston schools. A reason that even though there are many schools around Texas that are worse than Houston aren't being taken over. Uh, how can we, uh, or how can the, the party go, go out there and, and use these types of issues that, uh, let's say, the GOP controls to let folks know that we don't have to buy that austerity message here in uh, in. in Texas, because we are actually well-funded. Well, obviously, I mean, I think that the better message is that we need to be an investment state because, you know, the Texas I grew up with, the Texas that I know we should be, invest in education, invest in its youth, invest in its veterans, uh, and invest in its people. I mean, the, the, the most magical social engineering experiment, so to speak, ever was the GI Bill, where you, you made higher education available to many Americans and turned this country around and built the, the strongest, most powerful economic powerhouse. And now we have a situation where the Republicans in the legislature would rather give a couple hundred bucks to, to you know property owners rather than turn around and invest it in our underserved, underfunded, starving educational system with teachers still being paid way too little. It makes no sense if you're trying to build something as opposed to just tear something down. It's amazing that um, teachers spend many times more time with uh, students than with our children than parents do. 
and we would enthrone such responsibility to, tem to them without wanting to pay whatsoever. Now, you've spoken about wanting to um, bring, expand the base, bring more folks into the fold, reaching out to folks. Uh, how do you plan to reach those communities that so far have not come out? I mean, they're there, but they simply don't see value in voting as far as they are concerned. Well, you, you, you've hit on kind of one of my, I don't call them principles, because we have a platform, so it, it really is kind of what the way I think things ought to be, and it's something that, that I've enjoyed and appreciated so much about the Harris County, because it's, it's, it's very different from when I grew up here, but I love the diversity, the many communities, and, and the opportunities include, for example, uh, more directly communicating in the many languages. I mean, we don't have any Hindi or Urdu or Mandarin uh, language programming coming out from the Democratic Party, at least not before the elections. And speaking in all these communities and, and actually investing our time to hear what's important to him, them. So, for example, Gene Wu, who works incredibly hard in the legislature, when the, the Texas Republican legislature decided that if you're born in China, you shouldn't be able to own your home here, uh, you know, that's something where those folks, we've already kind of been talking to them, but not directly, and we have their attention now, and we can very easily, by making a little bit of effort to, to find the, the channels of communication, whether it's the, the media that they're, they're consuming online or radio, to make sure they, they remember who stood up for them and who was attacking them, and that's something that we can make sure they understand and take with them into the voting booth next November. Great. Um, folks, you can give us a call at 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. If you have a question for Chairman Mike Doyle, the newly elected chairman of the Harris County Democratic Party, 713-526-5738. With respect to the party and money and what it needs, what, what, how are you going to... Uh, right now, there is a big disparity in, uh, in, in the way part, the different two parties are funded. Uh, how can you improve... You mean the fat cat Republicans and the working class exactly. Democrats? Exactly. I mean, I don't think that's surprising. Uh, I don't think it needs to be that the party is underfunded because, you know, we've got a supermajority on the commissioner's court. We have uh, countywide so many great elected officials that are doing good work uh, that ought to be and, and have been, but will be more supportive of our efforts. And uh, there are certainly, as, as a trial lawyer, what I recognize, for example, is there's a lot of, of donors here in Harris County who give a whole lot more to support Democratic candidates and causes outside Texas than here. And one easy step, or maybe one long overdue step, is reversing that and making sure folks invest here at home to support the efforts to not just fix Harris County, but fix the state and the country. I mean, there's an easy route here. Uh, and we mentioned this before we started about Pennsylvania's called the cornerstone take because it was kind of right there in the mm -hmm. middle of the 13 colonies and kind of held them together. Harris County is the cornerstone. This is where it all starts. This is where it all changes. This is what was done by Carl Rove with his mm -hmm. candidacy support of Tom Phillips back in uh, 88 when first statewide 
Republican elected in close to 100 years because of what happened and what they did to the Harris County voting patterns. And that was seen in fruition by 94. Well, we're about there. Mm -hmm. And we just need to make that step. And all of a sudden, everything in this country, and I, I truthfully believe everything in this world can change. I absolutely agree. Chair, let me just say, say this, because I think, you know, wh whenever I hear somebody like Leo and others talk about um, having a little bit more, that is all, that is what folks are talking about. And w when I, earlier I mentioned about going into the communities uh, as, let's say, the de how the Democratic Party is, let's say, operating right here in Harris County, a lot of people are are waiting, not just at election time, for somebody to come in and say, if you are going, these are the, these are the things that we're going to do re with respect to your particular community that's going to make life better for you. I think, I think too often that has been lacking in, actually, it's not only the Democratic Party, in the Republican Party as well. The difference is that the Republican Party operates on fear. So they, they make people so fearful that they run to vote. The Democratic Party, to some extent, is uh, diametrically opposed to that sort of campaigning. So, and, and, and the things that they should do, let's say going into the communities and tell folks, if you elect me, this is how your life would materially change. What are you going to do to uh, make that the reality in Harris County and as a bellwether throughout the country? Yeah, Bert, you kind of stepped on or stepped into, so to speak, one of what I think is is kind of the mindset that that as a local party we need to change. And that is we're not just a campaign organization. We're not a single candidate. Uh, we're a, a group of like-minded citizens who need to be engaged talking to the community and listening to the communities about what's important to them and making sure it's reflected not just in our in our advertising but on our reality and so if we're spending time as we're going to be doing spending time block walking organizational work in the next 60 days where you know we're 18 months out if we're doing our job of knowing what issues because we're out there listening the rest will follow at least that's what I see it in other words if we're really engaging with every community in Harris County listening to what people need to live their lives better, to, to support their families, to, to get their kids through school and on to college, hopefully, or folk school, whatever works for them, whatever's the best choice. If we're listening and we're, we're using that to build an organization, we're going to do what we need to do. Now, this, this next question is going to be a bit touchy, and then I'm going to come to you, Ray. But this one is going to be a bit touchy, but I think people need to hear this from you. Um, we have to admit that the Democratic Party, as wide as it is, meaning it, it encompasses just about every side of the aisle, if you wish. We have pretty conservative Democrats, pretty moderate Democrats, and we have pretty progressive Democrats. How are you going to uh, bring all these factions together to realize that they need to work on uh, coming together, first of all, working on the issues in a manner that suffices for all of them? And, 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 you know, this is something, you know, it was, it was a short but intense campaign. We had such great candidates for chair that we were fortunate enough to, to raise a lot of these issues. And I think that at the end of the day, the way we do it is what I would call a core value for Mike Doyle, and that is respect. Uh, we don't always, as Democrats, as fellow uh, 
happy warriors, don't always treat each other as respectfully as we need to be. And as long as going forward, we understand that you know these battles, these fights, what we're trying to do are so important, but we can never do it alone. We need to respect and treat each other with, I think I even mentioned this last Sunday, a week ago, you know, with love and compassion. That's, that's what we're going for. Exactly. And if we're treating people respectfully, compassionately, carefully, we'll come together because these issues, what we're doing is just so important. We've got to listen to the voices of absolutely everybody. And, you know, I mean, and that, that is the things that I think, and again, like I said, I think that is something that you've been saying from the, the time that you started uh, your campaign. Um, you know, yeah. Chair, for too often, Democrats have allowed themselves to be caricatured, to be out-messaged. When, uh, the mess- Let's give a perfect example here in Texas. Go out throughout Texas in the rural areas where Democrats do not dominate. The policies that the rural areas have voted for, whether it be health care, that it's causing their hospitals to close by not accepting the Medicare advantage to the Medicare, uh, the, the Medicare, uh, except to the Medicare, what is it? The ACA, the ACA. Obamacare. Obama, you're right. By not accepting it, uh, it, it's sad that it caused their hospitals to close. We also have this thing about, um, vouchers that they're looking for. You know what? Vouchers, even though it doesn't work, if you look at the statistics, the kids educated in schools that, that are voucherized compared to schools that are public, uh, they don't do any better, and too often they do worse. I checked the stats several times over the years. Um, but that hurts. The better, better one of those schools are in the cities. So what it means is it hurts rural areas as they get defunded from, uh, from these... these um, Monies that go into the system. So there are so many things that we, we, that Democrats have not articulated in a fashion to those people who think that you have horns. Yeah, well, at least not ones I show. That uh, show, but right. no, but 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 you put your finger on something that you know Harris County is is well, there are parts of Harris County that are kind of rural. But but here's what what Democratic policies across the country have done. They have saved rural hospitals. Right. They have supported rural schools. And, you know, if you go out to a place like Sweetwater, Texas, an hour from Abilene, the school district is almost certainly going to be the biggest employer. And people there recognize that when you take away, it's not going to be replaced by, by a bunch of private schools. It can't. And they recognize that, and, and I expect this legislature, like others, Vouchers are not going to work because the rural Republicans, whether they say it out loud or not, recognize that that's cutting directly into their public schools. You know what, Chair? I just spoke to a legislature last week, and what they told me is that in order to get support from the rural areas, they're, they're doing carve-outs. They're trying. They're it, trying to do It's going to be difficult. In other words, and, and, and I'm certainly they're capable of all kinds of, of shenanigans, Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reality is that it's very difficult to not have unex- unexpected consequences. Right. And at least when you're talking about rural areas, that's kind of the, the biggest employer, the biggest part of the community is the school district. And if you mess with that school district, you're messing with the heart of the community because they recognize that. Right. So they might try and work around it, but at least so far... Uh, that's what's protected our state against a voucherized system right. or charter schools, even worse, which has done so much damage to New Orleans, in Philadelphia, in Detroit, 
and left kids just adrift. And that's what's helped us so far, but you're right. They'll try. Yeah, no, I, the, the term I was forgetting, it just kind of slipped my mind, was the Medicare, the, the Medicare uh, extension to the Affordable Care Act or the Medicare expansion, Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act, which causes the death of over 2,000 Texans uh, a year. How can the pro-life party not have been tagged with actually getting rid, causing the death of two, over 2,000 Texans every well, year? Well, I, th- I would say at least. I mean, at least. Here's just recently the Republican legislature in North Carolina became the 40th state to, to, yes. to recognize and embrace the fact that, you know, and they don't call it Obamacare, they don't call it. Uh, but they recognize that right. it's not a good idea if you want to have your local hospitals and your folks being taken care of to just turn your backs on it. Chairman of the Harris County Democratic Party, Mike Doyle, thank you so kindly for coming in here at Politics Done Right. And, you know, I hope to have you here as you move on and as we do more things to talk to our audience on, on what we're doing. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.